Go. Good to go. Yeah. We are. Are you good? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. I'm always good. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. The amazing goddess Nadia, who I just had a session with and who gave me an ass-kicking like I haven't had before, I have to admit. (laughs) And it was incredible. Incredible. So I, after getting that ass-kicking and, you know, the humbling, I was just like, I have to do a podcast with her because... I want the world to know how awesome she is and how much of an ass kicker. But how awesome, number one, but a close second ass kicking. I mean, because you're an awesome person. Oh, okay. So we go with, like, yeah. there's a person. <laughs> I always let people know, like, that's number one. I'm, I'm always, because we're so, like, defined by, like, like, you're good at what you do or great at what you do. But then it's like, number one, that's not, number one, it's like, you're a badass person. You're really yeah, cool. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, so yeah. that makes it, that makes it number one. But number two, it was like, this was an incredible session. Well, thank you. So the incredible goddess Nadia, who I, I'll be honest, talking to people, I was like, man, was she, she you was like, you're like Moby Dick. Because I would see you go to like Jersey and New York, and I'm like, yeah. will she ever come to Philly? Will she ever come to Philly? And finally... I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't say this to you before, but I called a, a friend of ours who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Nadia's coming to, to Philly. He's like, I know, I know. I think I, I was like so excited. He was like, yeah, relax, man. It's all yeah. good. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, this is incredible, man. I'm like, can I do the podcast with her? He's like, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll ask her. And I was like, okay, let me know. But I was so excited when I saw you coming to Philly because I was like, a lot of times I thought about going to Jersey or New York, but I couldn't yeah. make it that day. And I'm like, damn. But Yeah, traffic's no joke. It's no joke. There's no mm-hmm. joke here. But Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I was finally coerced into coming on down to Philly. So it's been great. Okay. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it helps. You know, some places you go, the clientele isn't the best, but it's been hands down, nothing but an amazing time. Great clients. Everybody's on time. Everybody's respectful. Everybody enjoys experience which is also mm-hmm. yeah, it helps me makes me feel good right that's why i said during the session that philly hospitality yeah. that's why i was tapping yeah, i wanted you to feel good him. he just didn't want me to squeeze uh, his neck anymore <laughs> he was just trying to get out from my my scissors don't even listen to that <laughs> everybody's the sweetest man on earth when their head's between my legs i'll tell you that absolutely <laughs> absolutely and that philly hospitality really came out then mm-hmm. it was oh yeah it was yeah. please 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 the philly tapping is more like it <laughs> <laughs> the Philly taps. <laughs> oh, that's the same everywhere I go. That's for sure. So I have to ask, because you have so many stories and you're just interesting all around, but where did this journey for you start? Um, It started about a little over three years ago when I moved to California and I had a few people just ask me about doing sessions and I had no idea what it was and I had no clue and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to a couple girls I know that are into bodybuilding and see if they know anything about it. And, uh, yeah, talked to a couple girls, got a couple insider tips on how to get it going. And, man, I wish I would have started doing it like 10 years ago. Really? It's so much fun. I've had nothing but a blast. I've never really got myself in any weird, sticky situations. It's been, hands down, the coolest experience I've had in my life. I've met the coolest people, girls that session and, you know, producers and clients alike. It's just been, I just, I'm so blessed. I love it. That's so cool. And it's awesome to hear that. And it's, and I always am fascinated by that journey because especially like 
most people don't know about this world. Right. I have no idea. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I always am impressed when, like, yourself, like, like, the session wrestlers take that chance because it's like, it's still oh, it's putting terrifying. yourself right. Oh, it's terrifying. I, I would, my whole body was shaking the first session I had. Shaking. Really? Oh, I was, I was terrified. You know, I'm a small town girl, came from Washington State, lived out in the backwoods. Like, I was never a city girl around a ton of people. I just went to the gym, you know, worked retail, basic stuff. So that whole idea of just meeting a stranger, you know, that wants to wrestle or lifting carrier, you know, who knows, all these different things. And just putting yourself out there, yeah, it was, um, it took me a while to get over the, the fear of it, but once I met, I mean, all these guys are just so sweet and so grateful. Wow, that's just, cool. You know, I'm getting worshipped, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once I realized how cool that part was, I was like, you know, <laughs> this isn't so bad. You're but like, all right. You still keep your head on a swivel, though, because, you know, as soon as you let your guard down, that's when something stupid can happen. So I still, you know, keep a straight okay. mind when it comes to it. So now, even, I'm curious, so being from a small town, Washington State, because I have a aunt and two cousins who live in a uh, Tacoma. Okay, yeah, so, town. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so just were you always into like athletics? Like how did you kind of find that world of like strength especially? But... Um I played soccer when I was a kid. I was really shy and my mom took me to the boys and girls club and made me choose a sport wow. because I was such an introvert. So I sat there, pouted on the floor for about an hour and I finally landed on soccer and I said, okay. She's not going to let me go home, so <laughs> I, need to, I need to pick something. So soccer was, I completely dominated, I know, weird, in soccer, and it, it definitely brought out um, the, the rage and tiger. In really? Me. And so, yeah, I did that, and then I got to high school and started lifting weights because, you know, they have a weightlifting class and teach you the basics and this and that, and I realized how strong I was. And then, oh, man, you couldn't get me out of the gym. It was nonstop. I broke all of the weightlifting records in my senior year in high school. I graduated a year early, so I was 17. I beat every single weightlifting record in one week, and they started taking record in 1969. Wow. So, yeah, I was a beast. I was out So, of was it kind of like like the glove with a perfect fit, like when you started oh, yeah. lifting weights, so yeah. it was just a natural? Oh, like I... Because I didn't know how strong I was. I knew I was athletic and, you know, that sort of thing. But I didn't realize my strength until I started lifting around guys. And I could lift more than most of the guys in my class without even practicing yeah. ever. Just naturally squatting, bench pressing. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is my niche. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel it. <laughs> so when you find – this is just a – I always get into conversations with people. So you, like, being strong on such a high level, when you talk to other people who were on that high level, was it kind of like – yeah, you're born with it. Like, you feel like you were naturally, you were born strong. Yeah. Or is it like like nature versus nurture kind of? It's, um, I would say it's a combination of genetics, which a lot of people like to say, oh, it has nothing to do. It does. It 100% has to do with genetics as far as just the strength goes. Right. But on top of that, you have to have the drive to push yourself through that pain threshold that most humans don't want to enter and don't want to push themselves past, you know, to that point where you're screaming because it hurts so bad, the weight that you're lifting, and that can either make you never want to do it again or it makes it more addicting. I'm the latter. I'm the one that just loves the pain and the anguish and pushing myself to my breaking point, and that's not natural. You can't teach that to anybody because I would have people ask me at the gym, you know, because I'd be there two times a day, three o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night, like, you know, how can you teach me, like, how to get this kind of motivation? I'm like, no. And I tell them straight up, like, 
you either have it or you don't. You either right. want it or you don't. Right. And I I want it, so you can't talk me out of it. As the same as I can't talk you into it. Trot, gotcha. That so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's interesting. That's so now because I'm fascinated by that world. Is it like because there's like powerlifting, there's like weight like olympic weightlifting they're strong man like is there mm-hmm. one you like more than the others or um i never really i did powerlifting in high school i never competed for my school but i just liked the training i just liked lifting heavy that's always been my favorite um but then i did bodybuilding and that's like a whole nother side of the training which i absolutely hated i hated high reps lower weight like that whole the idea of training just made me like it just made me not want to do it as much. So if I could do one kind of lifting over any, it would just be powerlifting. Just because I, I like lifting heavy, I like feeling strong. I'm always like. surprised. I I get it. I've tried to be more open, but when people do that, like unless you're trying to go for a certain body type, I guess, or right. a certain thing, I never get that. Like the low weight but high. Re- I go, what yeah. kind of like? Because there's a high. Like I got it. I get it too. Like off of lifting heavy and like trying to outdo yourself and it's like right. an adrenaline and i'm like it feels kind of monotonous like right. to do it's that it's tedious yeah it's real tedious but you know it all coincides with bodybuilding as far as like you're cutting your calories and this and that and you're not you're trying not to overexert your muscles so you go lower in weight and higher in reps you're trying to fine-tune everything which is all cool but the thing that most women don't realize that aren't like really hardcore into training is they would get more of the body type they're looking for if they lifted heavier. Right. You know, if they could build that base, you know, it's going to make their legs shapely. It's going to suck their stomach in. It's going to it's going to get their shoulders broader. Everything that makes you, you know, give you that fitness look that you're looking for. And these girls are doing light weights and high reps. Like, no, you don't do that until you build the base. Right. That's the first mistake, especially with females. You know, because they always say, oh, well, I don't want to get bulky. It's like, girl, I've lifted weights for 20 years to get bulky. It ain't easy. Mm-hmm. And trust me, you'll never get there with that attitude. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, right. It's like, honestly, with you. your attitude, you'll, <laughs> you might get you. your your goal easier. Go do your hour of cardio. Yeah, and yeah. And complain about why you're skinny fat all the time. So, you know. Yeah. And I feel like it's, and you, you would know way more than I do, but it's getting, uh, it's getting better with women like embracing lifting weights and lifting heavier yeah, yeah. than even like I remember even back like ten years ago. I everyone in like so it was like still like a shock to see a woman who embraced that because right. he kept hearing all those things about lifting heavy and like you obviously they're going to listen to you better. But it'd be, be like I don't I could sit there I go I'm, I'm not a woman so I'm like I can't be like I know your anatomy no, more than you because that's crazy. But yeah. I'm kind of like. I know as a guy, that takes a lot of dedication to get yeah. bulky. So I'm like, right. can women get bulky that quickly? No. You know, but no. like, you don't know. Yeah. Cause, Cause I can't be like, you're wrong. Like, yeah. you know, like now You're I know crazy. more, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you. But I was like, well, we does that happen that have, fast? We don't have the right hormones to make our bodies like that. Most girls that are very large, and I'm talking, you know, IFBB pros, like, you know, they're taking stuff that makes their bodies more, you know, in line with how a man can put on weight because women with your estrogen fighting against you, it's so hard unless you have genetics, which I've met a couple girls that are like that. They can go to the gym, lift heavy for like a month and they're they're pretty jacked, but that's so rare. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, you just really have to push yourself extra hard and not to mention the fact that you have to eat so many more calories just to get to that level to where you're gaining like actual mass and bulk. 
Like, no, these female powerlifters, they are beasts. They eat like six, 7,000 calories a day. They train like animals, and they, it takes them years to get to that level if that's, they're not on drugs. So, that's <laughs> something. Always help. Yo, they, they definitely, <laughs> definitely, that helps. That helps a lot. No, it's crazy. So, your first session, do you remember what, like, how that went? Like, what type of, like, session that person wanted? Where yeah. you were like shaking and you were nervous. Yeah, he um he actually wanted wrestling and he was a really small, uh, he was a really small guy. He was really sweet and this was before, um, back when I first started, I was doing more like BDSM stuff only. So I was on like different websites, not on um, Session Girls or WB Two Seventy or anything yet. And um, he found me on a BDSM website and booked me for wrestling. I thought that was weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this is my first session. This is odd. So no whips and chains or paddles. I guess we're going to wrestle. This is interesting. Okay, I'm down. And um, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen you on any of these websites. He's like, you know, you really you really need to go home after this session and, and make a profile. He's like, you're going to kill it on these websites. Like, you have no idea. He's like, you can thank me later. And he was right. As soon <laughs> as I got on Session Girls and WB, like, it just went, like, it just skyrocketed. Wow. Insane. Yeah. So more than, like, so you got into the BDSM world mm -hmm. first, and then, okay. Right. So yeah. what drew you to BDSM? I was Nadia first. Right. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, I did mistress. know that. I, so what got you into the BDSM world? Uh, I just like to punish people. I don't know. I noticed that. I have a thing. I noticed that. I like to punish. I enjoy <laughs> inflicting pleasure and pain. Nice little mixture, a little cocktail of both. I noticed but I that. But I do. I really, I just like, it's just interesting to me, the whole mentality of it and the psychology is really interesting. But I also love doing the session stuff. Not so much, like, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore wrestler, as everybody knows, I'm sure, that follows me. Um, I'm not a trained fighter, so I'm not about to try to do some grappling or jujitsu with anybody. You, but I you will dominate more, the yeah, hell you, out of somebody if I get a hold of them. It, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you you can hold your own with anybody. So that, anyone listening, it does not matter. Like this is this is the ultimate badass I'm talking to right now. So. <laughs> That's no. right. That's right. The West Coast girls are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, Washington State, no Was doubt. Yeah, but. Washington State just went from the pan to the fire, you know, right down the coast. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> now where you're from, how close is that to Seattle? Um, it's about half an hour. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up in the '90s with the grunge movement and all that. Oh yeah, Alice in Chains and all that. It was a great place to grow. That's where amazing. my aunt. Yeah, so she was telling us about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana before, uh -huh. like. Yep. Never mind dropped and stuff. She was out yep. there, so she knew all that. So yep. it seemed like the the nineties in Seattle was like such a cool. Oh, it was a mecca. Yeah, everybody was, like people were moving from California to be in the grunge movement in Seattle. It was yeah, Alice in Chains and uh, Nirvana and Mother Love Bone and all them. Like they're you know, I was like when I was in school, it was like the coolest shit ever. It seems like yeah. yeah sometimes a city just has like you can look back and be like, they just had a run. Where yeah. everything perfect, because I'm like, I remember my aunt, we kind of, looking back, honestly, I'm hit, it's hitting me now talking to you. It was like, from Philly to Seattle, you know, this is back in the 90s, so it's not yeah. self, it's like talk, calling her on a, a landline and saying, can you mail out, no Amazon, uh, can you mail out a King Griffey Jr. like yeah. jersey? And then yeah. like Sean the Kemp jersey, yep. yeah, and the yeah Supersonics. And yeah, my yeah. brother loved Jay Buner, so he was oh, like, yeah. can you get a Jay Buner? So it was like, every, so funny. and it's like. 
she was like, really? Like, I think she liked Pearl Jam more. See, I, ah, Pearl Jam doesn't count technically because Eddie Vedder is from San Diego. Right. He moved from San Diego, which is funny because that's where I live now. He moved from San Diego to Seattle and then got together with Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Chris Cornell put him on. So if it wasn't like, yeah, he just, he just, he, that little surfer ass just moved himself right into that. So he's technically not part of that. He is an implant. But now the other guys, the other guys though, like Jeff and all, like they're kind of. Yeah, they were all, they they were Temple of the Dog. Right. Yeah, that was Chris Cornell, Temple of the Dog. So So now is, is. It's the question I have to ask, and I hope people... I don't know. So, and rest, God rest his soul, but Kurt Cobain, like, do you think overrated, underrated, properly rated? Um, hands down, Alice in Chains was better than Nirvana, hands down. Uh, Lane Staley is a hundred times better than Kurt Cobain. I, I was never a Nirvana fan. Like, some of his music was good, and I respect it, but Alice in Chains was so much better, but they never got... Lane Staley just I mean he was so high all the time like he he went downhill so fast that they never got to reach that level that they should have and they deserve to be at because when you put Lane Staley's lyrics and voice against Kurt Cobain like there's no match if I if I thought you weren't cool already (laughs) you just became so much because so many people debate and argue and I'm like I'm not like knocking like they he was popular and he's just I mean he was he really he was a talented lyric with his lyrics he was he could write amazing songs yeah but he was not that good lane staley's voice will like if you right. can feel his emotion right. and just his range and like it was such an interesting sound and same with chris cornell chris cornell is one million times better than that's what i say yeah cornell's oh voice will just hit you like oh. oh my goodness his live stuff same lane and him their live music they used to play is almost better than their out than their mm-hmm. recording studio stuff because it's so I always yeah, tell I people, so I go, honestly, that time frame oh, yeah, them, you know, yeah. stardom and I say, I go, not for Dave Grohl, what is Nirvana anyway? Like, right? He, exactly. He, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I hate to say it, but I'm like, without Dave Grohl joining that band and him bringing on, on the drums like he right? did, I'm like. Yeah, when a drummer makes the band, that should make you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tell people. You know what I Thank mean? you. Like, it's the drummer, like, you know, like, and, and the thing is with Allison Chains, like, you know, Uncle Jerry, Jerry Cantrell, like. Some of their songs wouldn't have been the same without him, and he wrote most. He wrote a lot of the songs too, and his lyrics were insane. So the melody that him and Lane had, like he had a soft voice, and Lane was kind of raspy and low and depressed. And it was just like, oh, if you can listen to that music and be like, I don't feel anything. Like you've got some. Something's wrong with you. With you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know. No, it's amazing that I, that's so cool. Like you just, all those things were happening at once. Like, and it changed. Honestly, you look today, like thirty years later. It changed like pop culture in right. this society. Like, well, if you still. think about it, before it was like you know, Poison and um, um, Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all like the you know, Jeff Leppard. And yeah, stuff. kind of like the poppy. You know, I wouldn't even call it metal. Like, it's like I, stadium kind of rock. And, yeah, stadium like rock and roll. The lipstick and the hair, and then it just. I mean, the whole grunge movement just turned everything on its head, and it was like, no, we're coming in with this crazy, you know angst and depression and oh and grit it's like it just changed everything i was so glad because i like the i like that music too and it has its time and place but 
yeah, something had to change. No. <laughs> Leave it to Seattle. Seattle, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I used to go to the Kingdom back in the day before they... It, the funny thing is, you're talking about Griffey. The last Mariners game I went to was the last game where Griffey Sr. played with Junior. Mm. It was Griffey mm-hmm. Sr.'s last game before mm-hmm. he was retiring. So, yep. Yeah. You know, Edgar Martinez, Randy Johnson, all that. That was my team. Yeah. We saw, my brother and I went they used to, to be amazing in Yankee the Stadium consecutive years to the Mariners to play the Yankees. And that's yeah. when the Yankees had Jeter and all yes. those guys. So we would go, and both times the Mariners killed them, like 13-4. to 4. But seeing Griffey, Homer, Griffey, A-Rod, Homer in that game, mm-hmm. Buner. I remember Daryl Strawberry for the Yankees. But it was like, yeah. we went up back-to-back back years. And that was the 90s. I swear the 90s was like the best for music. It was the best for sports. I mean, think about the Cowboys in the 90s. I, football. I mean, and, and the Supersonics with Kemp and the Glove. and you I know, sometimes, because like, I know I'm biased. I'm, so sometimes I'm like, well, be objective. Is this decade as great? But I'm it like, was. it's just so much stuff. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, because it was the perfect like balance where like now like, we have so much of everything, right. right? Like, back then, it's like you had cable, so it's like you had options, but there was times where I said, like, nothing's on TV. Like, you really can't say now, like, nothing. Like, there's always, like, yeah. streaming, like, right. whatever you want. But there was times where, like, I had options, but, like, sometimes I could say, like, there's nothing really on right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, internet was around, but it wasn't, like, huge. Right. And it was just, like... 90s music was just you like well chat yeah 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 like, and like talk to some stranger you know dial up like <laughs> i wouldn't go on it because i'm like i hate that noise right? i'm like everyone like my family looking at me and they're like what's like they're all like what's going on over there i'm like I, it just it just does this yeah. i'm like just just go back to watching the soaps it yeah, just does this kids these days they have no idea how no. they have it man it was just so cool and it was like like honestly, whenever I'm in the car with people and it's like you get like seventies on seven or eighties on I'm like, I put the nineties on. Like oh, yeah. the music was just more diverse. So and good. It's like that is like my favorite like decade. And Same. I I think like T V movies were better. Right? Like everything. everything. Yeah. Sports, T V, movies, music. It was just the, it was the time. Because I'm looking like the year like ninety four and it's like that's when Cobain died. But then it's like you have like the baseball strike in the 90s, Michael Jordan retire, all these things are going on. And then it's like, what's the movies? It's like Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Shawshank, yeah. Lion King. You like Epic the greatest movies, movies ever right. all in one year. Right? And I'm like, that's insane. Like, yeah, I didn't even think about that with movies too. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's sure. just like Quentin Tarantino's a mer- Like, It was just yeah, like so cool. When Pulp Fiction came out, I remember that I, I bought the soundtrack. I was like, this is the craziest shit ever. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so <laughs> it weird. It was amazing. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's one of my favorites. And I feel He's like a big foot fetish guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves. I heard movie. him talk about it on. Uh, well, look at all of his movies. He's always got feet. He loves Uma Thurman's feet. He does clearly. He, he does loves those big boats. You know what? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even notice it until because she's like six foot. She's tall. Mm-hmm. She's got like size, size eleven, size twelve, or something. Yeah, it was on. Uh, he was on Howard Stern, and hearing him talk about it, and yeah, Howard he's Stern, a little fat guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Quentin loves him some feet. He loves them. <laughs> so now I let's see if I can connect it here. So you know how like grunge was so underground and it became like mainstream. Mm-hmm. Do you think session wrestling can ever do that in like the kink or fetish world? I mean, there's you never say never as far as I'm concerned. I don't I don't try to predict the future, but <laughs> um, you know, everything seems to be 
becoming more <laughs> acceptable these days. Like you said, even with women in bodybuilding and women in fitness, you know, 10 years ago, you know, girls were still getting shamed for having muscles. And I'm not even talking about girls that had big, thick muscles. I'm talking about just a basic girl that right. you just consider like a fitness influencer. You'd be like, ooh, she looks like a guy. I mean, I had, I was, when I was in bodybuilding, even though I was lifting heavy and crazy, I was only like 140 pounds, 150 maybe. So I wasn't big. That's, to and me, that's not big. You're 5'8"? Yeah, 5'8". So I was, you know, I was like a size 2, a size 4 at wow. my biggest when I was cut. Yeah. And the fact that, but I was just cut. So guys were like, oh, or not even guys, girls, guys, everybody, you know, back when Instagram just started, Facebook was getting going, everybody had an opinion. And nobody, you know, you could shame anybody for anything. And, you know, I t people would tell me, you look disgusting, you look like a man, mm. you should kill yourself. Wow. I mean, people were savage back then. Yeah. And I was, in my, in my opinion, I was in my prime. I was like 28. I just got like really hardcore into fitness. I was in amazing shape. I looked great. I felt great. And then you have these people just blowing up your, you know, you post a picture like, oh, you know, looking good today. And people are like, oh, gross. Just trying Ugh. to troll. You look like a guy. Like, oh, your arms are so big. Like, my arms were, t compared to how big I am now, they were tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, if I fast forward it 10 years and I was posting pictures like that, people would be, you know, I'd be top influencer like oh my god what's her workout what's her diet what pills right, is she right. taking what what you know supplements is she on <laughs> you know but yeah. yeah back then yeah so do you think like the boat on that one do you think that like it was um there was always people who were into that but they were just afraid and quiet or has it gotten more popular i think it's just gotten more popular yeah, I, I unfortunately this world finds a way to market everything. It's, so yeah. you know, instead of it being like, oh, it's it's just because people have become more accepting. I think it's people have found a way to make money off of it. So and we are susceptible to like the ads and marketing. Like well, it's yeah. you know, Big it, Brother's always listening. As much as you try <laughs> not to like be a part yeah, of it, like it's, like, it's oh, hard. Oh, I've, I've been talking about this a lot. Why do these ads keep popping up on my on my feeds? Like. Mm, because <laughs> right. everything's getting recorded. Yeah, you know, it's so. crazy. It's really yeah. bizarre, like, how this is, like, and that's why I kind of wonder, like, will that happen, like, with this? Because it, it, for me and I, people who've listened have always heard me say it, like, I was like, I know, I mean, I knew most, I knew, I was around mostly people who at least publicly, I don't know what it's like in their private life, were vanilla. Right. So, to me, I'm like, I'm all alone. But then I go on, this is years ago on YouTube and look at like mixed wrestling and there's like thousands of views on a video. So I go, I know I've watched this a lot here, but I didn't, not 10,000, there must right. be other people. So it's like, and I feel like it's growing. Like when I see WB27 Session Girls from like 10 years ago, five years ago, there's like more people doing it. Yeah. But it's like, I still, it's when I ask people, like they'll know like what bondage is and mm -hmm. foot fetish and you know, like some BDSM, but they don't know like this world. Right. So it's I just kind of wonder. a very small niche at the end of the day. Out of all things considered, it's still a very, very, very small niche. Yeah. For sure. Especially guys that want to go the extra mile to actually meet up. You know, a lot of them would rather just, you know, watch clips and, you know, OnlyFans and stuff like that, which is cool. But some very small amount want to actually do it in person. So, really? you know, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Because most of them have to, you know, a lot of clients have to kind of hide it, you know. 
they got their whole family life and this and that, and this is like their little getaway from everything. So for it be, to be mass marketed and accepted, I highly doubt that'll happen anytime soon. But yeah. crazier things have happened. So crazy. You know. Well, because I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey kind of helped or hurt, however you looked at it, yeah. but it made that more talked about. Right. So I kind of always just wonder: is there? For other things. Well, I think, like, I think the fact that it's so underground and low-key, like, it almost makes it more enticing and more, you know what I mean? I feel like once you commercialize things and it becomes acceptable, it's not nearly as um, provocative anymore. You don't have that excitement of, you know, like, um, for instance, I have some guys will tell me, you know, they, they talk openly with their girlfriends about what they like and their fetishes and you know, these girls, they kind of want to learn how to, you know, do scissoring or anything, any kind of BDSM, any, any kind of stuff. Cause they want to please their guy and, you know, cool. So, you know, these guys will ask me like, you know, how, how can I show her what I want? Because, you know, you know how I like it when I see you, like you're really good at doing what I like. And, um, they will try to teach these girls and these girls will try to do it for them, but they don't realize until the, you know, the girl they love is trying to do it for them, how much of just the secret of it is like arousing to go meet up with somebody that you've never met before or maybe you've wow. met before and, and, and it's just different. It's exciting. It's, you know, you know, if it's the same person that you're living with and you see day in and day out, even if they're doing it exactly how you like it, it's not, you know, right. you do it for them. It's right. not the same. That's, an, that's true because I've always thought that too like i've never i've had people who like i've been friends with benefits with and Mm -hmm. they've like oh let's try that yeah and it's cool but i've kind of wondered like someone i've consistently dated how that would be yeah and um i think like yeah like so because i tell people all the time like they like hey i've seen you play wrestle with your your fiance your wife i'm like you're in the same ballpark of what i'm doing like Mm -hmm. but i do think like in a relationship, it would kind of be like you have to do like if you're in the oil wrestling, or it's kind of like you want your partner to like wear the bikini, where like you have to like play it up. Yeah. Like I feel like kind of keep it. Like you can't just be like you come home from work and you just do it. Like it has to be yeah. like something to it. Though. Yeah, it would be tricky. So it, it doesn't seem to work for most guys that I've talked to, and most of the time they're like you know. They'll say, okay, well, you know, wrap your legs around my neck and squeeze. And, you know, this is what, and they're like, oh, you know, these girls are like, oh, this is kind of weird. But they do it. And they're like, oh, I feel like I'm going to hurt you. I feel like, does that hurt too much? And they're like, oh, my God, like, you have no idea how much, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like you're trying to teach somebody that has no idea about this. And they'd rather go see a professional at the end of the day. And it's just, you know, I feel like if you um, try to... <laughs> it's like if you watch a certain kind of porn and maybe it's some really weird kinky shit and you're like, oh, maybe I should ask my girl if she wants to try that. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you almost don't want her doing that because then you don't have, you know, it's almost, <laughs> you know, you have something different. No, you're kind of so, making it interesting. You know I mean? Like, that's true. Like it's the psychology of, you know, behind it. Like, if, it, if she's waking up and making you breakfast, sending you off to work and then scissoring you when you get home, it's not the same as if you're going to swing by, you know, meet up with one of, you know, one of your favorite girls that you watch videos it's yeah. not going to be the same. Yeah, she kind of. You know? it, it has to be like the role. I think you have to have like role play with it. Almost. For sure. Like yeah. it, you have to like separate it, which I've never really thought about until like now. But I mm-hmm. think like you're right. It has to be. Well, and I've weirdly enough within like the last year, I've had probably two or three clients that have girlfriends that are completely okay with them doing sessions as long as they're being honest and upfront about when they're doing it and that sort of thing. I'm like. 
I, that to me was like, wow. That's because cool. most women don't have that kind of self-confidence and you know maturity to be able to accept that and not get jealous and not get weirded out and just be like, hey, he's being honest with me. This is something I can't provide for him, and he needs. You know, it's not like he's going and meeting up with an escort. You know, he's just going to wrestle around. And you know, to me, like I'm such a possessive alpha female. Like I couldn't even imagine me like, oh yeah, it's okay, babe, no problem. I love you as long as you're honest. Like I would be like, I'll kill you. Really? <laughs> oh, so you yeah, you no. wouldn't? Hell no. <laughs> So bless these women that are so out there. So if you were dating a guy uh-uh. who's in the bondage, right? Could, do you do no bondage, kind of? Mm-hmm. Or well, let's pretend you don't know bondage. Right. Let's okay, just pretend yeah. you don't. Yeah, I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, would you, it would be hard for you oh, if yeah. they were like, wow. I'm a, I'm a don't ask, don't tell when it comes to relationships. Because I, I understand men, especially working in this field. And just, you know, being almost 40 years old, I've, I've been through some stuff in my life to where I realize men are cr- interesting creatures and they're not like us and they love variety and trying to pin one down and tell them what to do and, you know, shake your finger at him all the time for what he likes and what he doesn't like. It's not good. So for me, I'm like, hey, if you're going to do some weird shit, just don't let me find out about it. Cause I'll fucking kill you. That's my personality. So the guys I'm with, like they understand, like, you know, if they need to do some weird shit to get it off their chest. And as long as everything between us is good and I feel good, like, I don't want to know about it. Like, I don't want to know detail. I don't want to know anything. Gotcha. Yeah. Leave it to your, yeah. So as soon as you bring that up to me, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, you said you're an alpha female. So I think a lot of times these words alpha it gets thrown around people don't know so like for you what is like when you say an alpha female when it comes to like relationships oh i'm super possessive and then what's that look like what kind of guy do you like look for then being like an um, alpha female i i have to have a guy that's super confident so, i mean you have to be confident with yourself to be with somebody that does what i do for a living and be okay with it right so Hence the reason why I'm like, hey, if you need to get something strange every once in a while or do, you know, whatever, like, just don't ever say anything to me about it. Keep that to yourself. You know, I keep what I do to myself. He trusts me. I trust him. We live, you know, it's good. So he has to be on the same level as me as far as, you know, having confidence to deal with, you know, uncomfortable things you may think about. So is that like an alpha male then? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would say alpha male, not to the point of just being an asshole, but somebody who's confident. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Absolutely. So to me, like you know, I like a humble guy that's you know funny and nice and everything, but you know he owns a room. He you know is confident. He's protective and that sort of thing, but just not a dick. <laughs> so gotcha. it's like you know because most people think alpha like oh it's an asshole or it's you know it's super aggressive, super aggro. It's like no, it's that's not that. It's just you know it's more confidence than anything i should say right. self-confidence is is huge i can't gotcha. deal with somebody that's you know just whiny and oh this and mm, no can't do it gotcha not for gotcha. me that's interesting <laughs> take care of shit so now so now is there a preference physically that you kind of like have especially like since you're doing like being in like this world so it's weird because like a lot of times it's like I don't know how you feel, but it's, you battle, like, you don't want to be shat, but, like, we just kind of 
sometimes do have preferences and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that you're not you shouldn't be open to everybody, but it's there sometimes like it's, yeah. I mean, people, yeah, you shouldn't be ashamed if you have a preference. As far as I'm concerned, um, I gravitate towards personality more than anything. I've met guys where I wasn't initially physically attracted to them, but as soon as I had a conversation with them, I'm like, oh my god, like, a, a good personality and humor can win over girls, I'm yeah. telling you. Like, some you don't have to be a 10, you don't have to be, a, a guys always assume since I'm, since I'm big, that I have to be with, like, a big, muscular guy, like, six foot five, 300 pounds, like, no. Like, the biggest guy I've ever been with is six foot tall, maybe 220, like, really? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really have a type. I guess I almost kind of do, because I think like, I've only been in three long-term relationships in my life, and all of them are around the same height, same size, but, you know, different colors and all kinds of stuff. So That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, it's interesting. So how do you bring... How many of them were dating you when you were doing this? Just the one, yeah. Just the one. So is that, like, a weird... Like, how do you... Like, weird... Not weird, like, to bring up, but, like... Is it weird kind of thinking when that right time is to say it? Like, Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to be in a good place with somebody before you start giving them, you know. But you don't want to wait too long either. Right. Because if they say, hey, man, like, this isn't for me, which is totally fine. I would totally respect the guy if, if he was like, yeah, I just can't deal with it. Because it's a lot to deal with. You know, I'm traveling, you know, two weeks at a time, a week at a time, staying in hotels, meeting up with random dudes, like... To a man that's not confident with himself and confident in us, that's going to be, you know, just torture to think what's going on, you know. So you got to have you got to have a level of trust, and you just have to find somebody. It's it's rare, super rare to find somebody that can deal with that kind of stuff. I've right. seen men come and go with different girls that I know in the business, and oof, it's almost like it's I kind of everyone. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> wonder do, do you have to like eye up like a fet life or eye up whatever industry right. to like like to meet someone who can understand it more or you know sometimes I kind of wonder then like what that approach is like if you could do like the quote unquote mainstream or vanilla world right and I know nothing's impossible but it's just like is that like so much harder to do right you know I, I, it's always kind of like fascinating like yeah. cause that's a, a lot of questions I get I'm sure you might probably get it too but a lot of questions for people who like the podcast it's like when do you bring this up? When do you talk about it? And it's like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a, f a fan of just being honest because at the end of the day, you're eventually going to have to bring it up. You're eventually going to have to have those hard conversations and you have to accept that some might not be on board with it at first and they might come around, but you just have to give people the opportunity, you know, and be, you know, transparent and honest. And that's, you know, that's on both, both ends. You know, and it takes work. It's not easy. I'm just because I'm with a guy that you know knows what I do doesn't mean every once in a while he doesn't get in his feelings. And the same with me. Like you know, I'm gone, and he's vibes. Who know he could be doing weird shit when I'm gone too. So it go it cuts both ways. Right. You know, so you have to have that confidence, and you have to have the trust, and and weird conversations sometimes, and be you know be truthful to each other because if not, then. Yeah, people are so weird these days, man. It's yeah, tough. Not everybody can handle it. Like, you know, and I've had guys say, like, well, I just can't even believe you're in a relationship. I can't believe you, any guy would ever want to be with a girl that does stuff like this, like, that he could even handle it. And it's like, well, you're clearly not one of them. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I clearly true. would never have a relationship That's with true. you because, I mean, you don't even, yeah, it's like, really? It's like, it's wrestling and domination. It's not 
it could be a lot worse, you know. But there's there's escorts and strippers and all kinds of different entertainers of all different colors and vibrations out there, and they have husbands and boyfriends, and you know. So there's guys out there that can deal with it. Just yeah. like there's girls that can deal with guys that like to mm-hmm. receive said things from these girls. So yeah, I think so. It's just really it's fascinating. Like you mentioned earlier, that's what I enjoy psychology of all this mm-hmm. and like like do you think like looking at your BDSM stuff and in session do like the, the psychology of the people you were like meeting like they kind of overlap or is like completely different? It's completely different. Yeah. I mean it, there is a little overlap I shouldn't say that but most people are very specific about what they like like most guys don't say oh well I like lifting carry and scissoring or I like scissoring and belly punching. It's It's usually very specific it's very rare that any guy likes more than one thing or he he usually will have a main core fetish and then he might have a couple little other ones that he dabbles with a little bit but you can tell they always have the one main one and the most interesting thing is when you get them to open up and they tell you about the origin of their fetish and you know what happened as a kid or a teenager that made them you know obsessed with this one thing you know i've had so many guys tell me you know they're their life story when it comes to how they got into fetish and what made them you know even think about it and that sort of thing so that to me is like the most interesting thing so now when you look at that is it like so different or do they kind of all go into like a kind of a category of like this happened at a young age and that's what led them down this path oh it's so random oh it's so random it could be your you went to a a birthday party, you know, you're eight years old, you went to your best friend's birthday party, and it was a pool party, and the mom was there, and she had a bikini on, and she was muscular, and she was running around with all the kids at the pool, and, you know, playing around and wrestling around, and, you know, he got pinned by her, and he immediately just was obsessed. Wow. And he was like, you know, he's like, I didn't even know, I was eight years old, you know, I wasn't having, like, massive sexual thoughts, but that was the first time I ever looked at, like, an adult woman and thought, like, you know, and he's like, I... I I know exactly how it happened. Or it could be a guy that has a spanking fetish. You know, he went to a Catholic school and there was a, a older female teacher that would spank him. You know, he was out of line with a ruler. And now that he just, you know, instantly clicked that fetish switch in the brain. And now that's all he wants is just to get his ass beat by women. So, yeah, you know, there, yeah, And there's some guys that have no idea. They have not a clue. They're like, I, I don't know why I like this. I, I have no idea. Not a clue. I have guys that will meet up with me that don't even have fetishes. They just, you know, will, we're jumping down the rabbit hole in the internet and like, oh, like, oh, Goddess Nadia, who's that? What does she do? Oh, she does, what's session wrestling? Oh, she does meetups. And they set up a session and they're like, I don't even know what I like. I just want to see like what you do because I saw your picture online and wow. you're gorgeous and you're athletic and I've never done anything like this, but I just want you to do everything that you do and I'll lifting carry i'll wrestle them i'll pin them i'll put them in choke holds scissor hold and they just have a goddamn time of their life <laughs> that's <laughs> so, something else yeah it's that's variety. yeah yeah <laughs> is that easy like when a guy doesn't know what he wants oh it's, it's actually better for me because then i can just you know if they have no idea which most guys do like They'll be shy or nervous because they walk in. I'm half naked, and you know they're like, "Oh, gee, oh, oh, oh whatever you want, Nadia. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do." And I'm like, mm, "Come on, like there's, you know, you like something." But guys will, that are new, they'll just tell me straight up, and I get a ton of first timers. 
the devil's be like, yeah, like, you know, I've seen these videos, so I want to kind of try this, but I just want you to do like whatever you like doing, just do that, and I'm just along for the ride. So yeah, that's a blast. Wow. Like, okay, we'll give you, I'll give you the sampler platter, <laughs> a little bit of everything. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you had me before we went on air. We we're doing the session, so like, like talking about like lift and carry, which like is one of my like faves, but. Like, how a lot of people are kind of stopping to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that's a trend that's going to, like, continue, kind of? Um, eh, I mean, there's there's girls coming and going as far as everything goes. So there's always going to be tough girls that are coming in that want to do it. But it's, um, it, I feel like there must be more girls coming in that are doing it because I'm getting less lift and carry sessions. I used to get a ton of them. Mm. So I don't even get a lot of requests for them anymore. Because there's a couple, there's a handful of girls that are like, I'm talking big girls, big strong girls that they can lift and carry, you know, anybody they want. So I think the more girls that do it, the better because it, you know, spreads it out a little bit more because those are exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't mind doing them, but man, if you get more than a couple in a day, like, oof, it can be wreak havoc on your back a little bit. But yeah, that's... From what I've heard, um, it's the number one injury-causing session mm. is lift and carry. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. And so I mean, most guys don't expect you to to pick you up for an hour straight, but even even if you were lifting them for half an hour, like that's <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's that hard until you actually do it. And you realize how exhausting it is. I have a client in Boston. He's only a hundred and. 40 pounds, which doesn't sound like much, mm-hmm. but he likes to, like, he likes to sit on my hip like a child, like if you're, like, carrying, like, a toddler, like, with your arm under their butt, and they have their arms kind of around your neck. Is he and shorter? He's, like, five, he's about my, maybe a little bit shorter than me, but a little bit skinnier, but he likes, he likes that, and he likes to just, like, you know, he's like a little spider monkey. Is that so, harder or Oh, easier? it's exhausting. Oh, really? my God. Yeah, like, I'll stand with him on me, like, he'll be on my back. And I have to kind of like lean forward and like flex my back and like put my hands on my hips and just like, because yeah, he doesn't like to get down. He he likes more of like the nurturing side of it. It's not the uh, feat of strength and like amazing, like, oh, you're so strong. He likes the nurturing, the cuddling. Like he likes to feel like I'm holding him. So it's not just a quick pickup, let you down. Like he likes to just hold for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. And like, I'm just like, Ooh. so now you have to tell him to like, yeah, like he knows I'll have to let him down every 10 minutes or so. Or like so that he, he has to kind of like, yeah, be more he knows. Active. yeah. See, that's the thing too. A lot of the reason why there's injury is some of these guys don't understand. And unfortunately not a lot of the girls articulate in advance how a proper lift is done and how to go through it with making it, you know, easier on the girl. So, you know, Little things make a huge difference. Yeah. The difference between an injury and not. Well, and probably so many, and I don't want to generalize, I don't know, but like, could be like the way I was, which is like, you grow up watching pro wrestling, mm-hmm. and before you, even if you know it's fake, the lifts you think like, well, that guy is just doing it on his own, right. and if yeah. you get older, you know, <laughs> right. like, the work and like, right. you start seeing like an overhead press and like, the person who's getting lifted, they're putting their pushing. hands on the shoulder mm-hmm. and pushing. Back. Now you can see it, but back then right. I was just like, he Hulk Hogan just picked him up overhead and Whoa, just, you know, like pounds. yeah, yeah. I'm like, he just did it. Like, and then so then right. I'm like, how come I can't do it? Like, I was in high school, you goof off like a girl and stuff like that. Like, you're like playing like a tag, like a fake like thing, and it's like, but she's like 
140 or something. I can't just overhead press and bench, mm-hmm. do like 10 reps like Hulk Hogan. What's wrong with me? Am I not? And it's like, yeah, because she was dead weight and like squirming yeah, exactly. and stuff. But like, you don't yep. know it until like, oh, like, that's, exactly. that's what it is. The truth. That's it. It's fascinating. But mm-hmm. no, this is incredible. This is awesome. And I'm so glad we were able to do this. Yeah, I'm glad I got to enlighten everybody. Yeah, you <laughs> everybody really enjoys did. my my crazy stories. I've got plenty more of them. So yeah. next time I come to Philly, I'll definitely I'll meet up with you again, and we can we can um, keep this uh, life and times of Goddess Nadia. Yeah, we got trials and tribulations going. Story time with Nadia. Story time <laughs> with Nadia. Grab a beer, everybody. Crack yourself a beer and sit down. <laughs> so okay, I gotta ask the biggest person you've. The biggest person you've done uh, lift and carry with, and it's the biggest person who's come through for a session. And we'll end on those. Um, the biggest lifting carry I've ever had was 280 pounds. Oh, that was a rough one. Was he tall and big or shorter? Oh, he was tall and big. He was huge. But he's like six. I, he was like six, at least six, five. Okay. Yeah, he was a giant. I don't even know how the hell I picked him up. I didn't pick him up very much. I think I did like a piggyback ride. And I think I gave, I think I actually did a cradle with his crazy ass. But yeah, he spent most of the time, but he brought me um, a watermelon to smash. So I did that. And he also brought me a gallon of water to crush, which is the first time I've ever done that. It didn't like, the top was sealed on it. Cause I thought like, if I push hard enough, like the top's going to explode off this thing. Right. No, it was sealed. It was a screw lid. It wasn't one of those ones where you oh, tear the side yeah, thing yeah, off yeah. and just goes thunk. No, it was a screw lid. I squeezed that thing so hard that it, it compressed the plastic to a point where it started twisting it and it started squirting out the sides. That was pretty dope. That's awesome. Yeah, he was like, I was in the bathtub. I looked like I was giving birth at home. I was in the bathtub with it like, <gasps> like I mean, I was giving it like everything because I was like, I was like so intent on getting this thing smashed. I'm like, I'm going to get this thing to explode. And I started to like a sprinkler system coming out the side. He, he was probably like the most grateful client ever he was sitting there laughing he's like this is the coolest shit i've ever seen in my that's life. awesome he's like i can't that's believe you awesome. picked me up but i can't believe you're smashing shit this brother was like yeah it was great see that's so cool yeah um the biggest client i've ever had um was probably this guy in pittsburgh he was 400 some odd pounds yeah he wasn't very tall he was only a couple inches taller than me but he was a big boy yeah he liked head scissors though Okay, so it worked yeah. out. It mm-hmm. was that's cool. Yeah, I wasn't lifting him. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't think. I no, mean, sir. Trust me, my jaw would be on the ground if you were like, I did lift him. Yeah, I'm like, I'm whoa. On my back. <laughs> I'm like, this is the strongest woman of all time. Yeah, no, 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 no. So okay. yeah, I try to keep it under 300 pounds for lifting carry. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good rule. I think yeah, it's a good rule. My back will thank me later. I'm yeah, sure absolutely. But for the amazing goddess Nadia, I'm D Rock. Thank you guys for listening to the After Hours Sessions. Peace.